A few days have went by, but John Morant finally broke his silence with a statement on late last night. And not only that, NBA commissioner Adam Silver had some things to say about the John Morant situation as well. We're going to talk about all that, but not just that. Because, look, we've been talking about John Morant all week. Let's talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's talk about Stephen Adam, Desmond Bain, and much more. We got you covered with all that coming up right here, right now on Locked on Grizzlies. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies. I am your host today, DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal out here in the beautiful, the most beautiful land in the world, uh, Memphis, Tennessee. want to thank you for tuning in to Locked on Grizzlies today. I'll be going solo without my co-host on today, Joe Mullinax. He's getting a well-deserved day off. Uh, Joe works really hard for Locked on Grizzlies. We appreciate everything that Joe does, but we appreciate Appreciate you as well for continuing to tune in. Make sure you continue to like, subscribe, rate, comment, all those things to Locked On Grizzlies because guess what? We guaranteed to have you covered through the summer with everything that's going on with the Grizzlies, and we're going to do just that. And we got a lot to break down today, and we got to start none other than with Ja Morant. I know we've been talking about Ja Morant all week, but once again, uh, Ja Morant is one of the biggest stories in sports and the first thing to start with is John Morant uh, broke his silence on late last night I think it was the third quarter uh, late no it was it was late third quarter maybe no it's the fourth quarter of the Denver Nuggets Los Angeles Lakers uh, game uh, John Morant uh, released a statement basically explaining you know his how he took responsibility for everything that happened over the uh, last few days, and namely uh, pertaining to the Instagram live video that that most of us, if not all of us, have seen pretty much at this point, a second Instagram live video where he appeared to brandish a gun. And here's the statement from John Moran, if you haven't seen it yet. He said, I know I've disappointed a lot of people who have supported me. This is a journey, and I recognize there is more work to do. My words may not mean much right now, but I take full responsibility for my actions. I'm committed to continuing to work on myself. The biggest takeaway for me from that statement is my words may not mean much right now. My words may not mean much right now because guess what? It's the truth. It's the truth. I mean, at this point, uh, people gave John Morant more leniency the first time he went through this incident with these words, with some of the things he said, but I'm not sensing that this time around. This time around, it's it's more hardcore. Look, you got to prove it. You got to prove it. And that's where we are. It's going to be a long summer, uh, and we'll see, you know, how that plays out over the course of the summer. And, you know, I've done my due diligence on pretty much trying to figure out what happened uh, there with, with John Morant in terms of how did he get in this position again? I've just been talking to people around the Grizzlies. I've talked to people around the league. Uh, what, from my understanding, this is something again. The league 
is investigating. They're taking the time uh, with this incident again, pretty much like they did the first time. You remember it was it was March 4th uh, when John Morant, uh, the, the gun incident kind of went viral off of his Instagram live video of the last time. And it wasn't until March the 15th, I believe was the date, when the NBA officially announced its punishment, even though John Morant uh, had stepped away from the Grizzlies up to that point. Now, this time, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying if I'm expecting a similar timeline, but just talking to people around the league, it seems like uh, this is something that that isn't pretty much close to being done yet at this point, I would say. And then on the Grizzly side of things, uh, John Morant has been talking to the team. He's been talking you know, to people and, and pretty much expressing you know, his remorse on what happened and, and, you know, explaining, you know, his side of things there. So there's been some dialogue uh, on that from that side of things going on with John Morant. But this is going to be a long process. I mean, this is this is going to be a long process. I think that's what pretty much everyone has to accept at this point. I remember I've talked about this a lot because I wrote the story after after the first John Morant incident. I wrote the story kind of talking about the branding. How does he recover from this? And uh, the branding experts that I talked to said, look, it's probably going to be at least six months. He's going to have to play out of his mind on the basketball floor. And people can be very forgiving for elite basketball play. As, as we've seen, you know, in the past, that is that is a true indicator in some ways. And then it's going to take a year, pretty much, at least. But he has to to be consistently showing the signs of improvement. Right now, a step back, just literally two weeks after the NBA season ended. So we'll see kind of where John Morant goes from there. As he said, he takes full responsibility. Of course, it should take full responsibility. Uh, I wasn't sure that John would release a statement, honestly, because of uh, this situation. I can only go back to the first situation. When we go back to that first situation and you put everything in perspective, Ja was embarrassed. At least he was embarrassed. I, 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 I can't speak on how remor- remorseful he truly was, but I know he was embarrassed. He stood in front of the media that first time, and he was kind of slouched over, and he, he just wanted it to be done. He eventually, after that point, he didn't – he wasn't as open. You know, he kind of was shelled off. Uh, some people even said to me that uh, John Morant doesn't know who he can trust in the media. And that's fair. When you're going through some criticism and, and scrutiny and whatnot, you don't know who to trust in the media from the player's perspective. But guess what? If you look over the course of the history of the game of basketball, a lot of players and and not, you know, making any suggestions for child here, but a lot of players in the history of basketball kind of develop those relationships with certain media members who they can kind of trust a little bit more than some others. Maybe that's something that John Morant should do because at this point uh, he's become super shelled, super shallow with his emotions to the point where it's going to be hard for him to express himself uh, at least, you know, that way publicly as he continues to go uh, through this journey. Uh, as far as his sponsorships and everything else goes, I know I've been asked about that a couple times. Uh, everything pretty much seems uh, to be going as planned so far. His, his shoe uh, that's projected to come out on May 25th is still uh, planning to come out. As of this moment, there's also, you know, things with, you know, Powerade, Hulu, all of those still seem to be on track 
So all in all, uh, John Morant, again, so far, he's going to need to just stay out of the limelight a little bit, take some time away, and improve from uh, that standpoint. And you know how else? You know how else he's going to have to improve? He's going to have to improve his relationship with Adam Silver. Look, Adam Silver had some things to say after John Morant uh, it had his second gun incident. We're going to talk about that coming up. But before we get to that, I got to talk to you about bird dogs. Because see, here's the thing about bird dogs. Look, you want to? It's it's summertime, right? You, you you need the best shorts out there. And I, I for my money, bird dogs are the most versatile options for you. Look, they're stretchy fabric. They make my legs look great. You know, I, I like my legs. They make my legs look great. They're comfortable. Then most of my shorts and my pants, they give me the freedom to wear one pair of shorts all day long because I like to move around. I do a lot of things. You know, I want to sometimes I want to go out on the golf course. Maybe I want to go to a meeting, go to a little date, go to a little picnic or something, hang out with my friends. Guess what? With bird dogs, you can do all of those things by just wearing bird dog shorts all day long. I, I look better. I feel great when I'm wearing bird dogs. So look, it's simple. Go get you some bird dogs. Uh, all you got to do is go to birddogs.com. That's B-I-R-G-D-O-G-S dot com slash locked on NBA. And when you enter the promo code locked on NBA, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. So, hey, look, it's it's to me, it sounds like bird dogs is trying to set you up for the for the perfect picnic, for the perfect grill, you know, grilling event over the summer. I know most of you are from the South, so we like to, you know, we like to do our little cookouts in the summer. Get you that Yeti-style tumbler with your first order over there at Bird Dogs and go wear your shorts and style out on the people out there. Coming up next, we're going to talk about what Adam Silver had to say about John Morant. And look, it sounds a little concerning, but we'll cover that right here coming up on Locked On Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies and Adam Silver ahead of the NBA draft lottery had some things to say regarding John Morant uh, on yesterday. And if you tuned in to what he said, you felt what Adam Silver had to say. You felt it. He almost sounded like a disappointed dad. He, he, his voice, you know, Adam Silver doesn't have the, I guess, the, the bulkiest voice in the world already, but he sounded like he, his voice was going to crack a little bit. Like he, he really wants to see John Morant be successful. And there is proof to that. For one, Adam Silver, you know, from my conversation with players and things like that, he's been regarded as a player's type GM. He's been regarded as that type of GM, you know, over the course of his tenure. And two, they really want to help John Morant. And that's a big part of this that maybe I should have covered more in the first segment. But people want to see John Morant succeed, man. I mean, Adam Silver went out of his way. Uh, John Morant came down to... You know, the NBA league office, we've talked about this, you know, multiple times in the past. Uh, he was at the league office, and, and Joe Dumars was in there. Many other people, you know, in the NBA uh, at, the, at the top of the league, basically when they had real, they had real conversations with Ja. And Adam Silver said from those conversations, he felt Ja Morant was more remorseful. He felt that, you know, there would be 
a shift on the way in Josh. So seeing, you know, this incident play out was real disappointing for him, but it's not just that. Here's the thing. I've talked to a lot of players around the league, and there's a sense that a lot of these guys feel like John Morant is the future face of American basketball. It's not something that I've really thought about like that. But when you really think about it, it kind of makes sense because the game is so global now. I mean, you got Giannis, Jokic, Luka pretty much dominating the NBA, but they're all from certain places, you know, outside of, of the United States. As far as, you know, we think about FIBA basketball and things like that. A lot of players feel like, hey, job, you, you got the torch. Potentially, you know, there's the Jason Tatum's uh, Devin Booker's of the world as well. But a lot of the older guys, the LeBron James of the world, um, a lot of those players feel like John Morant is the guy who could potentially have have the torch. And I've been talking to you know some players in the league lately just about this John Morant situation. What do they think like and whatnot? Uh, one of those guys that I talked to was actually Danny Green, former Grizzly himself, just about. How how guys are guys reaching out to John? Do guys want want to see John Morant turn this around? Because one thing I've learned is through all the the competitive trash talk and all the hey we're gonna beat you hey we don't like you we're not friends when we're on the court through all of that that you know in the NBA the NBA is a big fraternity where these guys, they want to see each other make their money. They want to see each other be successful. And they want to see each other stay out of trouble. And seeing a, a potential face of the NBA like John Morant go through this is tough on some players who aren't Grizzlies. It's tough on them too. And then, again, uh, my conversation, you know, pretty much with a lot of these guys, and, and I pointed out Danny Green because he's a former Grizzly, and – we were talking about having those real conversations with John, you know, these type of conversations where you, you, you have to crack the code a little bit in terms of, look, John, you can't do this. You can't do that. And the sense I got from Danny Green is, you know, he's tried to reach out to John Morant, but the thing is, Danny Green felt that he wasn't in Memphis long enough to really to really be able to bridge that gap. You know, he was talking to me about when you first get there, you have to build, you know, a, a relationship, which is true. And over time, you know, you have to build that relationship. That is something that Danny Green was was valuing. And he basically said, you got to you got to build that relationship up before you start talking about someone's personal life. And, and that's kind of where he was, and he felt that he was traded out of Memphis before he had the opportunity to really get into the personal things uh, with John Morant. So, again, maybe that's a miss on the Grizzlies' part, but you ended up with Luke Kennard. So, I mean, on the basketball side of things, it, it probably worked out on the court. But off the court, uh, this is why we've been having this conversation about veterans. There's a guy like Danny Green who was planning on uh, getting into that personal side of the conversations with John Morant. And he still, in the past, even reached out to Ja uh, in his time after leaving the Grizzlies. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, moving, switching back to Adam Silver.
Let's go over to the comments uh, that Adam Silver said. Because, again, he, he, he sounded pretty disappointed. And if you listen to what he said, it'll pretty much give you an idea of, of what could be coming next. But he said, I was at least left with the sense that he was taking this incredibly seriously. He was referring to that first conversation. And Adam Silver said, honestly, I was shocked when I saw that this weekend, that video. Then here's a bigger part uh, that most people have been talking about. He said, we're in the process of investigating it and we'll figure out exactly what happened to the best we can. The video is a little grainy and all that, but I'm assuming the worst. We'll figure it out exactly. We'll figure out exactly what happened there. I'm assuming the worst is what Adam Zipper said. And guess what? I mean, you, you saw the video. Yes, it's a little grainy. But we, I mean, we can be speculative all we want, but got a pretty good idea of what we saw in that video. I'll just say that. And with that being the case, assuming the worst, I think, you know, a lot of people, what does he mean by assuming the worst? I think he, as he says, before he says assuming the worst, he says the video is a little grainy and all that, but I'm assuming the worst. I think he says he's assuming that it actually was a gun. And from that point, now, it makes you wonder, what, what's, what's next? Adam Silver sounded disappointed. Many of you are parents. You know, when you, you, you tell a child, or even if you're not a parent, it's just a general life thing. You tell anyone, you tell anyone, hey, please don't do that. And they say, okay, I won't do it anymore. And you feel like, hey, yeah, they, they listen to me. And then it happens again. And then there has to be some type of punishment like if, if it's, you know, someone you can punish. It may not be someone you can punish, but if it's someone you can punish, um, there has to be some discipline put in line to avoid it happening again, again, and again, and again. And usually that discipline is worse and harder than the first time. That's what it feels like is about to happen to John. Uh, it's tough. It's tough to watch. But it's 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 the reality of this whole thing. You know, people have been trying to, to project what type of suspension and things like that he'll get. And some people say, hey, maybe he won't even get suspended. Maybe it'll just be some summer things taken away from him. But from what I've gathered is, you know, listening to, to Adam Silver speak there doesn't sound like uh, they're going to come down easy on Ja this time. And we've got the sense in the past that, remember, the league, they brought Ja up to New York, had conversations with him. Ja, you can't do that. You can't do that. You're Ja Morant. You're one of the biggest faces of the NBA. Kids look up to you. You cannot do these things. There was that sense. But guess what? Ja Morant did it again. And now the league is going to have to come down, maybe with a David Stern-like punishment with Adam Silver. And um, I'm I'm not going to project yet. You know, I've, I've been, you know, talking to people and whatnot about what, can, what type of punishment he'll get. But, I mean, it seems that at least we can say more punishment than the previous incident is coming. Because, I mean, listening to Adam Silver, that didn't sound like a guy who's going to be nice to John Morant this second time around. So it's getting tough on the John Morant uh, side of things. But guess what? John Morant isn't the only player on the Grizzlies. Uh, a lot of other Grizzlies news has taken place lately. And we're going to talk about some things that are happening around the league as well that could potentially impact the Grizzlies. Again, the draft lottery was yesterday, 
and the team that won the draft lottery is in the Grizzlies division. We'll talk about all that coming up next on Locked on Grizzlies. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies here. I'm your host, Michael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal here in Memphis, Tennessee. Make sure you continue to like, subscribe to all our, our content on Locked on Grizzlies. On YouTube, we're closely approaching 2K subscribers. So I want to appreciate everyone who subscribed on YouTube. And we also want to appreciate everyone who's listening everywhere, whether that's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Wherever you listen to Locked On Grizzlies, we certainly appreciate it and continue to give us great feedback on what you think the show should continue to do to get better. But we get an idea of what the Grizzlies are trying to do uh, to get better, and that's pretty much clean up some things. Uh, One thing that had to be cleaned up is Desmond Bain's right big toe because that thing was hurting. And a lot of you get on me sometimes about oh no excuses no excuses but in my eyes i'm just explaining the reality of a situation so when i say hey desmond bang wasn't healthy for you know pretty much the final four months of the season some or pretty much yeah the final four months of the season some people say oh oh but he averaged 21 points five rebounds four and a half assists he had a really good year yeah he had a really good year but the reality is probably could have been even better I've talked in the past about just watching up close how the foot, how the sprain, you know, uh, the fractured uh, medical, uh, medical, medial sesamoid uh, in his foot uh, hurt him. One thing, I mean, that it, that it impacted is the fact that Desmond Bain carries the shoes, Kyrie Irving's signature shoes. Paul George's signature shoes, the two shoes he pretty much uh, wore the most uh, through the first couple seasons of his career, were too stiff. He had to get a looser shoe uh, to wear uh, this season after the toe injury, which is why he ended up wearing the LeBrons. And he's not even a big fan of the shoes, to be honest. But it's to the point where he has to wear something he doesn't even like because it's the best for his, his medical future in terms of his foot. Now, going back to the exit interviews, we talked to Desmond Bain before he had to get this procedure, this off-season procedure on his right big toe. And the sense there was the Grizzlies and Bain were pretty much reviewed. You know, uh, look at his toe, uh, see what the next step may be. And now they've determined uh, that that procedure had to be done. He got the procedure done on yesterday. And the most notable part of that, is he's expected to make a full recovery ahead of the 2023-2024 basketball season. So you remember Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, got his uh, procedure last offseason that carried over into the season where I think he missed the first 14 games of the season. Not expected to be uh, the case with Desmond Banks. So, again, Desmond Banks should get paid very well this summer. And not only that, I think uh, there's a potential for even a bigger year. You talk about the guy looked like he had a really big burst uh last season and the potential i want i can't wait to talk to him uh to see you know what what he what he can do more now uh that that he couldn't do uh at that point of the season because he he played well i mean the footwork the three-point shooting uh getting out in transition all those things worked out really well for for desmond bain but there was more to his game to offer uh as he dealt with the right big toe 
injuries. Speaking of more to offer to the game, um, Stephen Adams, and again, I know a lot of you, a lot of you don't like the speculative stuff when I talk about this, and I'm, so I won't, I won't hash on this long. But this is just a general thought. When I was watching the Lakers Nuggets game on yesterday, Stephen Adams would have been a huge difference maker in that in that series between the Grizzlies and Lakers. Yes, that's common knowledge, right? I know. I've been saying that. Most of you have been thinking that. But watching Jokic against Anthony Davis proved exactly why. If you watch how Jokic dominated the first half, uh, pretty much pretty much the first three quarters on, on the glass against Anthony Davis, that's probably how it would have went with Steven Adams. You remember that Steven Adams had one of his best rebounding games of the season against the Lakers earlier uh, this season in January when – in that game, uh, Anthony Davis didn't play. But Anthony Davis, you got to remember, he came up as a power forward. And, you know, going against these type centers is, is, is not his preference. In the first round, he had to go against Xavier Tillman. He had to go against Santi Aldama. He had to go against Jaron Jackson Jr. Those are guys who've played a lot of power forward in his career. He can do that. In the second round, he had to match up against Draymond Green a lot. It's a power forward. He had to match up against Kavon Looney in spurts. Okay, nice, nice size, but you know, not not one of the best centers in the NBA. But I'll do respect to his rebounding ability. But all things considered, uh, this is his first uh, elite center matchup, and you know, Stephen Adams from that from with that great rebounding, the great screening, the physicality would have been fun to watch. But I'm not going to talk about it too much because a lot of you always say, "I'm like, oh, you know." No excuses. It happened. Yes, it happened. The Grizzlies were good enough to advance past the first round, but it happened. So I'm done. I'm done. I won't linger on with that anymore. Uh, I don't want to talk to something that's not really Grizzlies related, but is Grizzlies related, if you know what I mean. Uh, Victor Wimbiana was selected with the number one. Oops. No, he wasn't. But the draft lottery ended. And <laughs> guess what? The San Antonio Spurs have the number one draft pick. So, again, Victor Wembanyama was selected with the – I got to stop saying that because it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. And, look, I'm a truthful reporter. So, at the end of the day, I report the facts. And Victor Wembanyama is not a spur yet, but it's on the way. It's on the way. We all know it's on the way. So, uh, congratulations to the San Antonio Spurs on getting the number one overall pick in the NBA draft by winning the lottery. And the thing is, the Grizzlies, as we've seen over the course of time, uh, they're going to see a lot of Victor Wimbiana. And I remember, I've, I've alluded to this here before on the show, but now I think it's a little bit more relevant because the Spurs and the Rockets were, were struggling, you know, for most of the season. And I was joking with Taylor Jenkins one day. Taylor Jenkins usually, you know, he'll, he'll give you a little chuckle, a little, little laugh here and there, something. And I, and, and I was... Telling them, I was like, hey, you, you know, you're probably going to have to play that guy a lot in the future. Victor Wimbiana is. This was early in the season for the Grizzlies. So, you know, you're, you're probably going to have to play him a lot. And Taylor Jenkins didn't laugh at that. <laughs> he didn't laugh when I said that one. I, I said it as a joke, but he didn't think that was particularly funny. And, and, and that's uh, where we are because now the Grizzlies, with the Spurs being a division rival, uh, you're going to see Victor Wimbiana four times a season. And Spurs have a nice little core they're building over there. I like what they built with Devin Sale, nice 3 and D guy who can average 20-plus points. Keldon Johnson, a nice inside-out type of game, big body. Uh, Jeremy Shoshan, very versatile forward. 
and Victor Wimbiano is probably going to be the center of the future in San Antonio. Going to be fun to watch uh, that team over there and looking forward to watching them play the Grizzlies as well. But speaking of the Grizzlies, uh, me and Joe Mullinax will have you covered with much more on the Grizzlies going forward. We'll appreciate you for tuning in to Locked on Grizzlies. Want to thank you for tuning into this episode. Make sure you tune in tomorrow as well. Me and Joe got much more to talk about. Probably not done talking about John Morant yet, but there's a lot we got to cover, uncover on the Grizzly side of things as well. So we're going to have you covered with all that coming up on Locked on Grizzlies. Once again, appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure you stay tuned with all our coverage. Tune in to, to all Joe's coverage over there at Bluff City Media and my coverage as well uh, with the commercial appeal. I have a lot of good things coming up on the way, so stay tuned for that. We appreciate you for tuning in to Locked on Grizzlies. Once again, I'm your host, DeMichael Cole. See you next time on Locked on Grizzlies.